All right, y'all. Welcome, welcome to the Raynell Jones podcast, where you'll hear authentic real stories from influencers, activists, and social celebrities and women just like you. Right now, we are doing our single, her single mother success story series and chatting with some successful community celebrities in a community near you. Now, I know you all love wigs. I like wigs. It's something that I just like to throw on. I know a lot of you ladies, you know, may have alopecia or you, you know, you don't really take pride in your own natural hair and you like a wig that does natural wigs and like that natural look and that stays for a while. I want to go ahead and let you all know about a local Hicksburg company called A Monet Collection. It's an online store that strives and specializes in customer satisfaction. You know, their passion for hair extensions and accessories and wigs has driven them from the beginning. From the beginning, when I say beginning, I mean a grassroots foundation from the beginning to now to where they have an amazing five-star business. You know, they love making sure their customers' custom orders and wigs are processed quickly. And not only that, she makes sure, when I say she, I mean the business owner makes sure she uploads new wigs that she stocks up on every single month which gives all her customers the opportunity to go on, order their wig, and also come pick their wig up either the same day or the next business day. If you all want to place an order for a wig, I say visit www.amonet, and that's M-O-N-E-T, collection.com. Make sure y'all go and check her out. Now, I'm going to get into our special guest, which is my girl, the authentic Pittsburgh Bell Super native, Kelly Shakur. Kelly Shakur. Hey, Kelly. Hey, I love the intro. Thank you. Throw the hood in there, sister. Now, if y'all don't know, Kelly Shakur is the CEO and founder of the Pro Gang Foundation. Incorporation, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that specializes and promotes. Now, their mission, her mission, and the organization's mission is to promote and create a positive image for Black girls so they can recognize their self worth. Black women, not just girls, your self worth. And beauty, when y'all look in the mirror, Kelly is 35 years old and has two beautiful sons, ages nine and two. And she takes pride in being the voice and a consistent advocate for not just women, but black people in general. One thing that Kelly does is she always educates black people on their history, updates them on things that they're blind to and make sure our black brothers and sisters stay woke. Ain't that right, Kelly? Amen, sister. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Great like that. Yes. So we're going to talk to Kelly a little bit. Now, Kelly, I'm glad you decided to come on here. And one of the things that we did, Kelly had to pause real quick because Kelly was saying, I said, I wanted to use this podcast to highlight celebrities in our own communities. Now, Kelly, how do you feel about that? 
I feel that it's needed. It's important. I feel like it should be something that's um, mandated. You know what I mean? For every black person who makes it, I feel like it should be mandatory that you put at least 10 people on from your community. Even if it's just not like, because people think when you think of, oh, sorry. Um, people think when you think of getting on, like just handing things to them, you know what I mean? Giving them money, but putting it on could just be spreading the word like you are about the black businesses or giving them that platform that you're giving them to even speak about their experiences, um, with whatever situation. So I think that it should be mandatory. And I think that it's a beautiful thing that you are doing this, um, for the people. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think that's what it's all about. And I think that people miss that part. And I'm not going to say people, I'm just saying people miss that aspect of when you grow and you become successful, you also want to make sure you're giving back and you don't have to give back financial wise. You don't have to give back, make sure you give back to your community and give back to the people who you know can, who you can help. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people that I know we can help, you know, and one of the things that I like, about Kelly is Kelly is a big activist. She's a big activist and a big advocate. And a lot of people say Kelly got a big mouth, right? Kelly, Amen. a lot of people say Kelly got, now why do you think people say Kelly got a big mouth? I do have a big mouth. I feel like my mouth is, um, it's, it's very, they don't see it coming. They don't know it. They're not used to it. I'm very bold. I don't apologize. Um, my voice is very stern. When I talk, they listen. So I feel like the big mouth insult slash compliment, you know what I mean? I think it definitely fits. I've always heard it since I was a little girl. Um, but I feel like it's, it's, um, it's important to also note that I don't have a big mouth just spewing anything. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just out here talking about this and that. And I'm, I'm really telling them something that they may not want to hear, don't recognize, or don't want to have to self-reflect. So, of course, they're going to put a negative connotation on having a um, boisterous mouth, I guess, a boisterous tone. So. And you know what, Kelly? I think that's so funny you say that because I just made this post the other day on Facebook, and I say, you know, I call myself cocky. I call myself arrogant. I call myself conceited. I call myself self-motivated because what I see um, is a lot of people are afraid of women who are like us. And they kind of say that, you know, you got a big ego. In other words, they saying you got big ball energy. You know, like you talk like a guy, you, you, you have that confidence. But what people don't understand is women out here, y'all who are listening, let, get this message across. Ain't nothing wrong with being arrogant, cocky, saying how you feel, putting it out there because holding it is what's going to hurt you worse. But making sure you have that voice might help you and other people. And what I think a lot of people misinterpretate about the way Kelly delivers her mouth, it's not that she's delivering it in order to rouse up controversy you know how they say if we say something oh you're being contra you're, you're you're creating 
drama or you're creating a debate or you're creating so the people who follow kelly on social media and if y'all don't follow kelly on social media make sure y'all go friend request her kelly shakur and follow fro gang okay and i want y'all to to see how what she posts and it's not like she has a brain fart and just be like no she says things and addresses things that people are scared to talk about so kelly can i ask you something whenever you do do that i know a lot of people want to know why is you why why do you post like that um so i post what comes to my mind so i don't i always tell people i don't do any idle talking when i talk to somebody i'm not just rambling it's the same thing with my posts like i'm really i'm who i post to be you know what i mean so what you get from my facebook you'll get that in real life you know what i mean and it's not like something i can turn off and on but it's things that i go through it's things that i've seen it's things that you know i know are fact there's things that you know i may have just learned it's just a whole lot of just um sparking the minds of the people getting them wondering asking questions making them tap into themselves hey you know well Am I actually, you know what I'm saying? Am I somebody that um, is detrimental to the community? Am I, you know, whatever that may be. But I do feel like it's important for those gaslighters to be um, around. You know what I mean? I'm very, like, if I was to Mm -hmm. die, there will be a missing link in in whatever I touch. You feel what I'm saying? So I just really, I think that it's important that people, um, see the good in it you know what i mean i really do so yeah so and when but and then too kelly when you say that one of the things that i always say like i told y'all before previously kelly is a big activist and she represents the black people and when i say the black people she represents us people who are not black that's listening to this, this is going to kind of help you understand the meaning of black women, black man, black people advocacy. And it's also going to help you understand why we have trust issues, not with, not, we're not racist. We, we, but even if, even if we are, I feel like black people can't be racist because of what we were put through. It's just a thing that we have on our shoulder. And I'm not saying it's a chip, We never forget our history. Just like the Jewish never forget their history, we never forget ours. So it's the same vice versa. Our skin is who we're a representation of. And sometimes it saddens me because I feel like all Black people should be on the same page. Sometimes I don't feel like all Black activists are on the same page. And some people who are active, being activists are not really acting in that role they're doing it to look great and make a profit off of it. And I don't, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just thinking too much into it because I'm not, like I said, I'm an activist vocally and online and through media, but I've never really sat in the middle. Kelly has sat in the middle of protests, sat in the middle of tables, sat in the middle of conversations. So Kelly, from your perspective, do you think that, that's something that needs to be addressed and talked about between many of our local activists or many activists period that's not even just in Pittsburgh that there needs to be a common respectful ground because sometimes from what I see 
and just from one meeting I've attended, I don't feel like there's an equal lateral respect for each other because if you can't equal laterally respect each other, then how can we come together? You feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I and I and I feel you and I hear you and I know it. Like I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I feel like um being an activist is very I, first of all, anything that becomes trendy is very dangerous because activism is trendy so now you have people just hopping out of the woodwork thinking hey this is something that i want to do it's exciting i want to make a change i want to stand but you know activism is every day you know it's not just a specific um time where we're just gonna we're not ambulance some people shouldn't call and we come we should be there all the time i feel like a lot of the activism um that's going on isn't effective um it's very choosy um i feel like facts, facts it's not it's just not effective like when when i when i do a um like when i did the hood the hood call and i challenged every neighborhood get a group of people let's go door to door and let's talk about these um these rules that we're going to that we're trying to put in place in our community which was we won't rob each other it was the mayette rules you know what i mean so they were very um lucrative and very positive for our communities and I challenged all the community activists to please run it in your communities. And Kelly, I feel like right there, what you just said is what creates the non-coming together. You can't say, and I, and I said this, you can't say stop the violence and then say stop snitching. You can't say stop shooting and stop snitching. You just can't say that to me in my book. And especially when you're supposed to be, like you said, going door to door, activating, let's stop this violence, let's do this. But you can't be the heart of the problem. You can't be sitting there watching the drug dealer go on and not say nothing and not stop it. You can't yeah. sit there and watch somebody get shot and be like, we're not telling. That is not being an activist. You are backwards and you're part of the problem. You're, you're part of the problem. You're part of the, and that's what I'm saying. And that's why me personally, I backed out of the activist scene because I, I'm just, and I'm not bragging, but I'm bragging because I've been doing it. You feel okay. me? Like, you brag on yourself. Yeah, that's you know okay. what I mean? I, 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 your roses. Right. It was a time where this stuff wasn't even, like I was getting made fun of for doing the stuff that people are doing now. You know, and you have to, it has to be a passion. And when I get on Facebook and I tell people about how stupid the non-stitching rule is and how it hurts our community, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not one of those activists that's just going to be a yes man or pick and choose. If you're going to rap for this little boy, then you need to rap for this little boy. If you're going to talk about stop killing in the community and the killer is next door, then why ain't we going to his crib? facts we can feel me go. like where is all that you know what i mean like i'm just not i'm not feeling it and i and, and i know this because i've stopped people from killing people before you know what i mean right. i've literally put myself in the middle of gun like this is not a game mm -hmm. and i know what effective communication can do i know what hugging a person sitting down with them like okay well listen why do you even want to kill dude right and, and, the, and the situation be so minute, you know what I mean? That it can be solved with a conversation. So I don't understand why we even have to march and do all of that when all we have to do is tap into our communities. If you're a real 
change agent. If you're a real community activist, people should respect you enough not to even want to do it in front of you, sis. Facts. <laughs> and you know what? That is so funny. And I feel like that's why you get so much respect because it's not that you arrogant. It ain't that you, you know, even if you is arrogant, it's okay to be arrogant because that's where you got your respect from. That's what gained your voice. And do you feel like the community respects you more than people who you should be working hand in hand with? You get what I'm saying? Like, do you feel like you get more respect from your community, from the youth, from people outside other than other activists? You get what I'm saying? Uh, listen, we're not listening. Absolutely. An activist click who I don't listen. Yes. I don't feel like I feel like a lot of the activists hate me because I am an army. You feel me? Like right. people be needing other people. Dog. I don't need nobody. I'm an army because I'm I'm connected. I'm aligned. And I'm you know what I mean? So it'd be there's a different energy, like what you call big like we've been had big God energy around here. You feel big me? Fact. So it just I don't feel like I connect with them because they don't want to connect with me. And I'm okay with that because I don't need that energy. Right. And a lot of people get that when she says a lot, y'all. And there, there's a reason why I love the word a lot, because when I got a lot with God and I said, that's the most gangsterous shit I ever did was change my whole life around when you're a lot and you got a mission and you got a passion and you got a purpose and you go and speak and you know, when you speak, you can back your own self up and you got your own back. That's a different type of power than having to march with 50 people behind you. It's a difference when you got that power, people gravitate to that. Like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people gravitate to Kelly and a lot of people stop Kelly because they can't stand her, but they love to hear what she got to say. And a lot of the thing, one of the things that I connected with Kelly on is Kelly was also a single mom too. You know, like I was a single mom, like, you know what I mean? And, but I was in a domestic violence situation. And when Kelly shared her story, I'll never forget, we did a live together. And I was like, dad, that was so deep, but it was so real. And I don't know if you all, you all know my story back to back. I didn't told my story many a times. I was in a bad domestic violence situation and I just left. You know, I just, I, I, I moved, I, I didn't change my number, no contact, no nothing, you know, and that led me to be a single mom and to be a strong mom. Now, a lot of you women who are listening might be in that situation right now. Y'all might be sitting at home listening to this podcast or riding in y'all car on the way to work, got the kids in the back. I'm here to tell y'all this. If the man got the power to beat on you like that and to continuously do it over and over again and manipulate you and make you feel like you can't find nobody else and he love you one minute next minute y'all fist fighting in the street none of that is cute y'all y'all think this toxic relationship thing is cute it's not now kelly what can you tell these women about getting out of a situation like that hmm <sighs> Mm. get out um 
it's nothing. I mean, you have to choose you. And, and I'm going to just say that because I remember when I was in that situation, I thought about everybody but me for some reason. I'm the one that's getting all the beatdowns. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm the one that's looking silly. I'm the one getting embarrassed. I'm the one the girls is calling, telling me they got my man. You know, um, choose wow. you. Choose you. Don't don't choose um the the look of having a family, having it to get looking like you have it together. Don't choose the money. Don't choose the sex. Don't choose even, you know, choose you. Choose you. And that's that's what I would tell them. Get out and always choose you because at the end of the day, especially if you have children, you have to live for those kids. You know, and don't I mean Domestic violence is, is, is such a, um, it's, it's so deep because it, it just affects everything. It's not just your physical, it affects your mental, your emotional, um, you know, just how you feel about yourself. So yes, choose you ladies. Always, always choose you first and don't feel like you can't start over. Don't feel like, oh, I'm standing in a homeless shelter, everybody's going to talk about me or, oh, I'm living on somebody's couch just because I want to get out. Don't feel like that because that's the wrong way to think. Quit thinking that negative stuff and think positive. You're more than just that situation. You got a long ways to go. I mean, look at me. Look at Kelly. Survivors, you know? And, and I think that's where we get that cocky energy. Like, okay, what's up? Like, you know, I made it through this. I'm going to make it through that. I'm going to jump through right. that, girl. I'm going to jump through this, and then I'm going to go through that. Now, I know... I want Kelly to get into Fro Gang because y'all already know um, Kelly started Fro Gang and she loves representing the black women. Our natural, yes, our natural health, natural hair, not shaving a cootie cat, not shaving nothing. Arms. Kelly doesn't shave anything, and a lot of my listeners, y'all probably like, "What is she shaving her box? Oh my god!" Like you know, I don't, I don't, I don't. And a lot of y'all would think like, but think about it. Back to our roots in Africa, nobody was shaving. Nobody was doing none of that extra stuff. And they lived just fine. They was just as healthy. They had a nice womb. You know, they weren't running back and forth to the doctors because of urinary tract infections and stuff like that, that a lot of you women go through now. Now, Kelly, Tell me a little bit about, I know you had, uh, attended a historically black college. Yes. And any of you historically black college sisters listening. Hey, I'll, hey, hey. Hey, y'all. Hey, historically black colleges. We see y'all out there. Right. Come through HBCUs. Hey. Come through. Now, Kelly, tell everybody how Fro Gang came about. Oh, so, um. I mean, just coming from college, I'll just say before I left Pittsburgh, um, I was 16 and I went to Alabama. I went to Miles College, a private HBCU. And when I went there, um, I didn't have a love for myself. I always wore weave, permed uh, hair. But when I went down south, I saw those different women, they're natural. I started tapping in a little bit deeper because see the, the down south women, I have to give them props. They are completely different from Northern women. Um, they are. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. Like they're, they're like, I literally went down there. I was 16. I'm looking at these other 16 year old and they're like women while I'm like 
hood, street, you know what I mean? Like I'm streeting in and all of that, but um, but they're they're completely different. But once I graduated college, came home, I began to see the beauty in myself. But as I began to tap into my community, um, I started to see the lack of beauty that they felt in themselves. So I figured, well, we might as well do this together. And um, it was just time. It was time for me to do that. It was time for me to cut off all the perm, big chopped it, had a baby fro, rocked it, killed it, loved it. You know what I mean? And it was just there from there. And then I just, um, fro gang, you know, hashtag fro gang, um, the girls. It was a time that all that gang gang was, Chief Keep was out, gang gang. So fro gang, afro gang. So we're going to rock out with it. And it just allowed the girls to um, have somebody that they could, like if they felt like they wanted to wear the fro, well, Miss Kelly wear it because Miss Kelly's cool and she could do that. So I'm cool and I'm going to do that. So the representation that was set allowed the girls to feed off of that energy and, and allowed the boys to love it too. And, and young boys love their hair too. You know, all because of just fro gang and just having that consistent, um energy that is it's it's all that like your hair is all that just making sure that that energy is pushed people will catch on quick yes and and you know what if y'all don't know y'all listening kelly had did a photo shoot right and in this photo shoot she had a lot of different age girls and she was combing her froze they was they had their all black on. They all had their little froze, and they was so cute. They had no makeup. They they wasn't you know you know how you go on Instagram and Facebook and and you see these girls with fake bodies, the hair weave. You gotta have makeup. You gotta have this to have a viral beautiful picture. You all have the wrong misconception. Kelly did a beautiful photo with herself and a lot of different young ladies, all different shades of black. It was different shades of black. It was the beautifulest photo, and they all had froze, and they looked like a little mini Black Panther party. And I said, that was dope. Not only that, y'all, she went viral. That that photo went viral, and I remember them sharing it in the shade room, and being be, be like, that's Kelly! <laughs> I went. That's Kelly. And you know what? I always loved her mission. Fro Gang to me was always so dope. And that's why my daughters, like, their hair is natural. Like, I never put weave in their hair. I never put chemical in their hair. Amen. Amen. That deserves a clap. You need, like, one of them clapping. Like, yeah. Oh, no. We'll probably add it on. Yeah. Yeah. Add that. Yes. That's, that's major. That's the point right there. Like, you could put a bullet point here and say, Kids do not need weave unless they have some type of medical hair condition. Little girls do not need weave. There's no protective style. They don't need no protective style because their scalps aren't even ready for all of that. Exactly. And if y'all do do it, like, I know some people have the natural crochet style where they'll, like, do the little and then they'll put the little crochet so mm -hmm. like, bro, that's kind of cute. That's a little different. But all about braid, all them long, I mean, I wouldn't, I can't even tell you I feel bad. The little girl's hair be so, the braids be so long. It'd be so tight. And, and heavy beads. You got tons of beads on there. 
on top of the weave. Then you leaving it in for months at a time. Now the buildup, it's just not, it's not fair. And they're kids. And I, I don't feel like, like, what are you, like, it's not going to make their hair grow any, you know what I mean? It's just, this a whole misconception of, because this protective style conversation, that word is just getting thrown around. People are talking about it's a protective style and it's pulling their edges out. Like how, it can't be a protective style if it's hurting your hair. You know what I mean? So I just, I feel like, like when you talk about natural hair and kids hair and our hair, we got to really get real with the, the verbiage that we're using because it's, it's just, just getting thrown around way too loosely. I just wanted to put that there. No, that's a good point because I, I, I honestly want to know, and I don't think it got nothing to do with the kid. I think it's the mom looking and saying, you don't look pretty without weave. Do you want your child to have that wrong misconception that she doesn't look pretty unless she has weave in her hair? That's what right. I mean. Like, you feel like she doesn't look beautiful because she's not wearing weave. You're putting that in her head that I need long hair in order to be accepted. I need to wear this in order to be accepted. And that's the wrong misconception. And that's why I love Fro Gang so much because it helps kids mentally and it helps them love the beauty within their self. And Kelly is very passionate about that. And I I'm am. so happy. She's a 501c3 now, y'all. Right. So anybody, I want y'all to donate. You know, donate what you can, even if it's $1, $2, donate what you can to Fro Gang, make sure you follow them on Facebook. Um, see some different inspirational things that Kelly, you know, talks about, you know. Um, and I wanted to, to just go into a small conversation just about Kelly, what Kelly talks about, and Kelly, you know, raising her to her too handsome. When I say he is the cutest heart, she got, first of all, her oldest son is going to steal somebody's Still somebody's daughter now. I'm telling you right now. He a good daughter. A good one. Don't be giving us none of them. Yeah, man. He gonna get a, you know, we going to claim a good daughter now. Now, Kelly, I want to talk about that. Now, about the mixed race conversation. This is a question that I always do a sneak question that you wouldn't even expect me to ask because I want you to be 100% transparent. Absolutely. What if they brought home a white girl and said, Ma, I love her. I want to be with her. Knowing how passionate you are and how much you educated them, Kelly. Tell me honestly. I want to know. I want to know honestly how you would react. Um, Those my, are sweet questions. My first, my first reaction I would probably just look at him like, I'd be like, no. I mean, not no in the sense of like, no, but we need to talk because I need to know why you love her. And, and I hate to sound harsh, but I feel like we don't talk about that enough. You know, I feel like when it comes to mixed love, everybody's just so gung-ho because it looks like we're just, uniting you know what i mean but when you talk like black on black love there's always these questions there's always getting to the bottom of something so i would like to get to the bottom of 
why you love her and why she loves you. Because the history between black men and black women, I'm, black men, excuse me, black men and white women and white women and black women is very harsh. Okay, so, and I know people right now are like, oh, love trumps all, does it? You know what I mean? Like, does it? Because like I said, when you're in a mixed relationship, some sometimes the cultures don't even get to come out. They're just living whatever. You know what I mean? And see, I don't raise my sons like that. You're not going to make my son no marsh, no brown marshmallow. You know, I still want my so And really, I, and, and then on top of that, I wouldn't be with it because I want my lineage. Like my sons, there's a black woman who needs my black sons because that's who I'm raising them for. And I pray to God that they find very good black women who deserve them and he deserve, you know, and vice versa. And that's so deep. And I know this was a trick question for you. You probably never was, was you ever asked that before? Oh, yes. You asked me that. You that's Yes. I did. Because I just want to know, because I feel like you and I don't feel bad for feeling like it because I feel like other races feel the same way. They do. And I'm not, and, and well, let me, let me help the listeners understand this. I come from a white man. Okay. My great, my great grandmother, sorry, great, great. My great grandmother just died last 2020. My great grandma died. She was 95 years old. Okay. And my Lulu, she came from the Barron Plantation in Bessemer, Alabama. Mm. And her daddy, Robert Barron, was a white man. And anybody that knows a Barron in Pittsburgh knows that that's my cousin. Because the Barron's name came from Bessemer, Alabama. And her grandfather was the slave owner. He owned the slave plantation. And her dad was sleeping with my great-grandma, Lizzie, which is not her real name, but her name was Elizabeth Letlow, which was her slave name. And they had my grandma. And she came out light-skinned with beautiful hair. Then they had another baby. They came out with light-skinned and beautiful hair. She got pregnant with twins. And they figured out somebody's sleeping with this black slave because these babies are coming out white. So they were going to kill her, my grandma, and her siblings. So what my great-grandfather did was ran from Bessemer, Alabama, and migrated to the Hill District in Pittsburgh. And that's where we all grew up. Now, mind you, everybody in my family has a distinct look. There's a mole we all have. We have these funny noses. Our hair texture's different. It's not a 4C. So you can always tell when somebody is related to us. We just have a funny look about, like, it's not that we're not Black, 
but I come from white blood. We also carry a white genetic disease that only white people have. We carry hemophilia. Hemophilia is a white man's disease. And that's a blood disease that if you get cut, you'll bleed to death. It runs in men. So all the black men in my family carry that disease. So if any black man in our family would get shot, they would have to go to emergency room or they'll die. That's just, it's a, it's a trait that, and I carry the trait. My grandma Luella carries the trait. Mm. So it just goes through the family. So I'm not saying it. I come from, from white, but what I'm saying is our culture is predominantly black. My great, great grandmother was a black Haitian slave. So it's not, it's just, we raise our children and educate our children on things that we want them to do. However, we, we all know <laughs> that our kids do whatever it is they want to do when they hit these streets. Now, the one thing that I want to say that I do love about Kelly is that she, she tells it how it is. She tells it how it is straight up and down, back and forth. And that's just what it is. And she feels that communicating and educating her, her kids like you all should be doing. Now, Kelly, I know you've seen on Facebook and I know you see how these kids is running wild nowadays. What would you tell these mothers whose kids are running up, tearing up targets, fighting after school, doing all of this craziness? What's some advice that you can give to these mothers who have teenage girls and boys who they feel like is out of control right now? I would first tell them to tap in. A lot of these, I really feel like a lot of these mothers, fathers, lack of fathers, lack of community members, lack of the village, it falls on us. I mean, kids are to be trained, you know, and I'm just, I'm just being honest. You know what I mean? I, I feel like um, with me being, not even I feel like, I know some of these moms don't even pay attention to their kids. Some of these fathers are not in their lives. Um, a lot of these kids are acting out due to lack of attention, lack of self-esteem, lack of, um, you know, self-worth. And it sounds so corny, but I talk about it all the time. Like when I, when I'm in my areas and where I, where I talk to the kids and I'm like, why'd you do that? Oh no. I just wanted to not even really thinking because consequences don't mean anything because nobody cares about them. So if nobody cares what happens to me, then I'm just going to be reckless because being reckless is what I see on TV. Being reckless is what I see in my community. Being reckless is what I, my mom, father, you know, whatever, generational curses have been passed down to me. So I would tell these parents, um, tap into your kids. Listen, be in their business. Stop. They don't get choices. Like these are children. I feel like we need to go back to the old school raisings um, of the kids because right now these kids, they're doing too much. I mean, even just like when I look at just the suicides of the children, of black children, first of all, black people never committed suicide. Like, I mean, like slaves really, our ancestors who were slaves had to really contemplate jumping in off of those boats. You know what I mean? So it's not like suicide is something that um, is just common for black people, but it's becoming very common and it's becoming very common in youth. And I feel like it's because nobody's paying them any attention. 
they're not paying attention to the cries. You, you know, we're so focused on correcting our kids. Like I see parents yelling at their kids when they come home, mom, you know, um, this teacher's treating me wrong. And the kid gets the blunt of the, of the, you know, of the, um, conversation, the blunt of the madness when it should, you should be checking in in their classrooms because a lot of times these teachers are racist, you know what I mean? And a lot of times these teachers are mistreating these black kids. A lot of us don't tap in is what I'm saying. We don't listen to our kids. And because we already have a preconceived notion that our kids are bad, that's what we always say. My kids are bad. My kids are annoying. Like, you know, so I just feel like we need to tap into our kids, man, because they be crying for help. We don't hear it. We don't see it. We don't even care. Right. And I feel like, like you said, tap in. Y'all listening, giving your kid a cell phone, giving your kid a laptop, giving your kids just something to do when they're just in their room all the time and you not checking in on them, you not monitoring their phones, you not monitoring these laptops. That's not tapping in. You're letting the internet, the TV, the phones and all that raise your kid. And you're not parenting. You being a provider more than parenting. So not saying that maybe you don't know that you're doing it. Maybe you a mom and you got so much going on. You work with right. two jobs, you're doing school. You know what I'm saying, Kelly? Like maybe right. it's that, but take, you got 24 hours out the day. Take at least some three, four, five of them hours and really sit down and make yes. sure you're checking these phones, they checking the internet, they doing all of this stuff because you don't know what your kid's doing and what they're being exposed to. Yeah. So when they're getting social media hate, they shouldn't even be on social media. First of all, y'all kids shouldn't even be on social media. That, that's number one. Cause cut the social media for the kids. We ain't had social media growing up. And that's where a lot of this self-hate come from because they take, they, they doing everything to post on the internet. And this is why I feel like foundations like Frogang can, it, it's going to grow and be bigger, be national because Frogang has a way of making the youth feel accepted give them an idea of what reality looks like, give them an idea of what being in your color and living in your truth looks like. And Kelly makes the kids know and feel like they're loved. You know what I mean? That's the one thing. That's why I asked you about that because I feel like moms, if you feel like you need an organization that you want your kids to get involved in, please reach out to Kelly. And Kelly, tell them how they can reach you. Yes, you can reach me at on Facebook at Frogang Foundation. That's the same for Instagram, Frogang Foundation, F-R-O-G-A-N-G. All right, Frogang Foundation. Um, you could go on the website, www.frogang.org, or you could just call me up, 330-881-7897. Okay, that is my direct line. Um, and get in contact with me, even if you want to um, talk about some tips, you want me to help you, because I mentor kids. Um, you know, I could refer you to some places because like I said, at the end of the day, we're a village, you yes. know, and I always like when I hear parents be like, oh, that don't have nothing to do with me. That's not my kid. But see, our kids have to grow up together, you know, so eventually our kids are going to cross paths one yes. way or another. You know what I mean? So, yes, how you raise your kids does matter to me because I don't want, you know what I mean? So it's in, in, and vice versa with my kids. So we're a village here and it's all love. There's no judgment. Um, 
Yeah, reach out. Tap in. I'm here. Yes. Thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on this podcast. I feel like we covered a lot of surfaces, but yes. those surfaces was real truth. And y'all listening, um, I hope y'all got something out of this. And I hope y'all definitely share this on your Instagram, share it on your Facebook. Make sure y'all go follow Kelly as soon as possible. And make sure y'all follow us on Instagram at The Alignment Chapter. Um, we also, if you're a single mom in need of emergency support, you can visit our website at www dot the alignment chapter dot org that's with two l's and that means all women aligned click on that i need help button or emergency assistance kelly can you let them know too before we log off what fro game has going on right now oh man so right now we got a lot going on we have a weekly successful sister session for ages four to nine which is saturdays every saturday from two to five and we have an older group session that's on Sundays every week from 3 to 6 p.m. Those sessions are needed. They teach your daughters everything that they need to know from self-love to self-worth to leadership to whatever else they need to be a productive black young lady. We have a um, fundraiser at Fathom Below on Midnight Road, March 19th and the 20th. Please, please, please visit the website. You'll see a slip that's on there. Take that to screenshot the slip. Bad sound from Fathom Below out Midnight Road on March 19th and the 20th. And 10% of it will go to Fro Gang. And we appreciate that. And last but not least, you can always cash up us at Money Sign Fro Gang. And you can donate, be, you know, donate anything to help us push forward and continue to be a driving force for these young black girls. All right, Kelly, that is so dope. Make sure y'all go to five below, get y'all kids enrolled in these programs that Kelly got going on and make sure y'all use y'all cash app. I don't even care if y'all send a dollar, send $2. That's right. That's right. Amen. Yes, it goes towards the youth. Um, this is Raynell Jones, and I enjoyed chatting with y'all today. 